Money, 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 money. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Extra Podcast. This is episode number 289. Welcome back. And we have today with us Matt Glezos. Hello. Good to have you back, Matt. Back again. And Andy Steiger. Money Stein Steiger is in the house. Oh, goodness. Hey, you want to talk about money? That's the guy. Wouldn't it be and money? He's got a lot. Money so Sign Tiger? Hmm. Yeah, actually, that's true. Money Money Sign Tiger. That's pretty sweet, by the way. Because I don't better. say it's 100 stallers. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> and we've got the Reverend Doctor Jeff Buckham. Bucky Buck. Thank, thank you. By the way, Jay I Bucky think Buck? I think ladies and gentlemen need to know that Jeff Buckham does have an Instagram account. Bucky Buck. Doctor J Bucky Buck. <laughs> D R J Bucky Buck. Fo- follow him on Instagram. I'm going to do that right now. You bet. You have, can follow. When me? was the last time you posted something? Uh, Jeff? It was a while ago that I did some posting on the Instagram. I do like you the posted, Instagram though. You post pictures of Steve from our meetings. I do. Leaning back in his chair. <laughs> There's nothing better than the awkward it's, it's picture pose. I usually take pictures of funny things. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Glad to see you're on. One screen. of those funny things I'll share with you now. Okay, do. Okay, so th- there are these books that are in our um, in our office because every once in a while somebody will drop off a bunch of books or they'll go through a file cabinet in our in our building and they'll find some sort of book that... Uh, that was left over there, uh-huh. and uh, we were like, "Oh, we want to, we want to get rid of that. We want to get rid of that book." I always love that. Hey, I got some crappy books in my house. <laughs> yeah, Where should I take them? But what they do oh, is they leave the pastors want them. They leave them out, <laughs> kind of, kind of a like free take one. Okay, and on Fridays, every once in a while, I'll, I, I look, I just wander around the office a bit and and bother people, and make sure they can't get their work done. So I was standing by this book is that, table. Is that if your sermon. Is done. No, my sermon's done. Everybody knows when it's yeah. done. Don't you worry. On Friday, if you're here on Fridays, you know when my sermon is done. Start so, wandering. So when I am sitting, I, I wandered around and I found this one book, and it was a it was a men's ministry manual hmm. from I mean I think the 1990s. Okay, and so there's this section on it that says it's called "Some Issues We Face as Men." All right, so here's the list is bullet pointed. Here are some issues we face as men. One, violence. Is an issue we face as men. Aloofness. Mm. What a great word. <laughs> That's a great a f- fear of in- fear of intimacy. Okay. Uh, deception. You know, sometimes you have lies, adultery, except th- those sorts of things. These mm. are th- these are the challenges. the The fifth challenge is women can't be trusted. <laughs> uh, that is fantastic. That is tough. I was like, what? <laughs> Who? What? Clearly, the editor. I'm yes. going to put this on my Instagram account <laughs> because I find it to be hysterical. One of them, the, the next was... one's workaholism. So it's like it's this list of all these things that are actually serious challenges. And then the way they phrased that one was, "Women can't did be you, trusted." Did you read? It's what not is... like we think women can't yeah. be trusted. It's just that they can't. That's a, that's a fact, and it's oh a challenge gosh. for all men. <laughs> what were some of the helps the around that. are dirty liars right hey uh, that's evil the greeks why lazy gluttons why are you got to put the greeks in again paul did it what me that's, that's right 
Anyway, did you find funny. out? That's what fantastic. I'm going that? to post that on my That's Instagram. Good. I think. Sweet. Hey Matt, you I look had forward uh, to that. Sunday yeah. night was a big night for you. It was. Yeah. So it was a tell great us night. what happened. Sunday night was our Tri-City Church info meeting, kind of the first time for anyone interested in the Tri-City areas to come and hear the vision, and we had a great, it was a great night, a uh, bunch of people had to bring in extra chairs, uh, great, I mean, it was exciting, I was really encouraged, uh, just seeing a lot of people who, from what I could tell, I t- you know, talk to as many people as you can, but there was a sense of, uh, man, this is, we've been, I've been waiting for something like this, or I've, I've been traveling somewhere else to be part of a church, and uh, I want to be here. Uh, you know, we made clear that this is going to be about, uh, it's, it's a missional thing. We're planning a church mm-hmm. because we want to reach people in the Tri-City area, and we think it's best for the church, you know, those who are the church in the Tri-City area to be the church there. And so I think that was received well, had yeah, encouraging conversations and um, and yeah, it's we're right awesome. The, we're right at the front edge of, yeah. of it. I mean, it was the first info night. There's another one. Yes, and yeah, it's no. happening when February 26th. It's another Sunday night. Same location. Same location, and it's uh, it, it was so the the call was or the action was, hey, go away, pray, think about this. If this sits well in your heart, like if you want to be part of this, then come on back. And that's going to be our first launch team meeting. So we're going to begin mm. building the culture of the church, uh, teaching through some theology, worship together, get to know each other, and look forward to launch in September. So, If you are the type of person who is interested at all in this, mm-hmm. uh, or you know people who are interested, maybe in the Tri-City area, uh, maybe you live in Maple Ridge, uh, Pitt Meadows, that sort of area. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty close. Maybe you would like to contact Matt Glezos, and yes. talk to him about this because you weren't able to get to the meeting, mm-hmm. whatever. How can they get in touch with you, Matt? We're going to uh, keep posting information at tricitychurch.ca. And there also you will find uh, my email, just matt at tricitychurch.ca. So send me an email. Love to connect. Yeah, Good. please do. Seriously, it's uh, it's quite an opportunity. It's going to be a great church. No mm-hmm. kidding. We're excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the one in the one the next one you have you want for people that actually are really interested in committing, right? right. So this last <laughs> one was like a looky loo kind of like yeah, exactly. find out what we're interested in, like for right. people who have been supporting from Northview or Westside, whatever. Yeah, but now it's more for people who really want to like I'm going to really consider being a part of Tri City right. for the upcoming right. years of my life. That's right. I'm I'm excited about the idea yeah. of being on mission. And I want to be part of making that happen because it's going to require work. We can't just come and, and sit and sing and, and leave yeah. again. We're going to yeah. need to, um, to build teams. And so, yeah, that's right. It's for those who are invested. And, uh, yeah, I was excited. I yeah, can't wait. So here's what, awesome. I'm, here's what I'm excited about for mm-hmm. it. I, I'm, I'm actually excited, first of all, that there's going to be a, a – ch- there are some good churches in the Tri-City mm-hmm. area. But we need more. There's Absolutely. lots of people, what, 250? What, yeah. by some numbers, 210, 250,000 people in that area. Yeah. And not a lot of really, um, you know, Bible no. preaching churches. And so mm-hmm. we're excited about that. But what I'm excited about is that it is actually going to be a campus of three different churches mm-hmm. Crossridge and in Cloverdale, Westside in Vancouver, and, and us here in Abbotsford. So there will be, I mean, if you come from one of those churches, it will have some DNA from each one of those. And, you know, hopefully we'll choose mm-hmm. the best. <laughs> parts of each one. Right. Do you right. know what I mean? And make make a church that I think y- you would feel comfortable in and would have, you know, um, similarities to those those churches, mm-hmm. which already have similarities to each other. Yeah. 
Do you know, oftentimes you'll hear that, you know, do, you know, do we really need another church? And mm. I, I heard a statistic the other day that in Canada, there are 150 churches of 1,000 or more. In the United States, it's 7,000. Hmm. And if you were to do 7,000 com- churches of 1,000 or more. Oh, yeah. And if you were to do the comparison, because it tends to be that Canada is about, you know, 10%. Of yeah. the United States, yeah, in terms right? of the the, the population, mm-hmm. right? So we should have seven hundred, hmm. you know, churches mm. uh, around there of of a thousand or more. So I mean, and what are we at? We're at one hundred and fifty. One hundred fifty. So okay. I mean, there is a lot of room mm. to grow yeah. and to reach into more and more and more people. And so mm-hmm. I think what an awesome opportunity. Yeah. You know, Coquitlam mm-hmm. needs more churches. And yeah. one of the reasons that uh, we're behind church planting and more churches should be behind church planting is because a lot new church plants tend to reach the lost more than that's right existing. <clears throat> yeah. So to be involved in church planting is really exciting for us. We're really happy to be a part of this with Tri City, and happy mm-hmm. that Matt's here. Mm-hmm. Glad uh, to be here. Excited to do it. So uh, getting to some questions now, we're, we're in this series called Bling Bling here at Northview, as uh, many of our listeners know, of course, because most of you attend here. You've been here for the last four weeks. We've been going through it. We have one more week left, and we've been talking a lot about how Christians should spend their money, how our commitment to the gospel should be reflected in the way or in our pocketbook, in our bank accounts. So, uh, and, yeah. and Jeff, um, you want to talk a little bit about that today because um, there's some, yeah. you can come across some, uh, false, uh, yeah, some false understandings of it on both ends. Yeah, you can fall down on yeah. this subject, and we wanted to talk for a few minutes about falling down. I will say that you said that we've talked about how you, sh- how you should spend your money. I think that's been one of the, not critiques, but questions that's been raised by people is you haven't talked enough about how I should spend Mm. my money in the sense that people want to have uh, specific uh, instructions on what should I buy and what shouldn't I buy. And uh, I I keep having to reiterate over and over again that that's not actually my job Mm -hmm. as a pastor. And it's interesting, the scriptures don't get into that. They really don't. There's Mm -hmm. a huge level of freedom. But that's that's one of the things I want to talk about, but I'm going to ask a question generally to you guys, and I want you to, I have a couple of answers to it myself, we'll get into, but what are the pitfalls here? So you hear a sermon series on money and possessions, maybe you read a book about it, um, and it's talking about what the scriptures teach about this. What what are the pitfalls? And I'm, here, I'm, I'm open to talking about, okay, here are the pitfalls that false teachers get into. Here are pitfalls that, you know, well-meaning Christian people fall into, and maybe those are the same group. I don't know. Uh, like, what, where are the dangers here? How can you misunderstand what the Scriptures are teaching and apply them in a way that they're not, you're not intending to apply? Uh, I'll jump in here. I'm not, I'm not sure I 100% understand where you're going, but I'll give this a go. We'll see if I'm on the right track, Jeff. Uh, one of the things that's gotten me thinking about this is with regards to mission, because I think missions, I think a lot of people, you know, hear this topic of money, they start to feel guilty about the money that they do have, and they hear how other people don't in the, around the world have less. And, and so they get in this idea that, well, you just got to, you just got to give and give abroad, right? And, and uh, it's, you know, give money to the poor, whatever that might be. Maybe it's abroad or maybe it's even locally, you know, oh, there's somebody that's in need, just give them money. And one of the things that I, I see as a pitfall is, is giving blindly and not wisely. And wh- one, of the ways, one of the things that really challenged me in this is giving, 
giving money away can actually be harmful if it's not done wisely. Yeah, there's a great book about this. Uh, when helping her, it's Brian Fickert's book. And yeah, that it, one came to mind. It's it's a great book that deals with this very with this very question. So I, I'll ref, I'm rephrasing you. One of the dangers I think here is that you can see a passage that says, "Sell sell your possessions, give to the poor, and store up thereby store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust don't destroy." You you can say, "Oh, well, that means that when I drive by the guy on the side of the street, I'm just supposed to throw the money at him." What I hear you saying, Andy, is, well, maybe, but you should probably, you really should. There's, there's no prohibit, prohibition in Scripture. In fact, it would be a good thing for you to think about actually how economics work, how you can give best to what organizations, that, that there's a level of discernment. Yeah, you know what happened for me where I really began to think a lot about this was uh, I was once, as a pastor, was helping in our church with a church plant in Guatemala, and we had the opportunity to help this church buy their church. And and really, we could go down there, and we could just buy the church for them and just give it to them. And a good friend of mine uh, came along and said, Andy, you know, you should be careful. You know, what you think you're doing, you know, it seems like a good thing. He goes, but you could actually corrupt this pastor. You could actually harm his congregation if you do it unwisely. Uh, and and so we actually then started thinking about, okay, yeah, what are we doing and how should we best do it? In what ways would you harm them? I agree with you. What, yeah. what how? So here's one example. It could be so easy to just go, I'm going to send a check of 30000 60000 down to, you know, Juan Carlos in Guatemala, Guatemala and say, you know, buy that church. I mean, what kind of a temptation would that be? I mean, it, it, let's to say, Juan Carlos himself. Yeah, to right. himself, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this without, is more money than he's probably ever actually felt in his hands. And so the temptation, if there's not checks and balances, the temptation for Juan Carlos, especially the way that he's probably governed his church, is largely through kind of authoritarian rule, which tends to be the way it is in a lot of places. So he, he actually has access to all this money. And there's a massive temptation now for him. So there needs to probably be structures put in place in order for him to... Exactly. And the same sort of structures that we need, right? You know, you don't have a missionary that just goes, oh, you know, one day I'm going to become a missionary and I'm going to fundraise, just give me money and I'm going to do ministry. No, no, no. We have checks and balances in place to help you so that you, in fact, aren't led astray by that money, that, that there's people that are guiding you and keeping you accountable. Are there other challenges, though, that that church would have if you gave them money, Matt? Mm-hmm. Like, are, like, what kinds of things are they going to, is there a temptation for them to be in, like, what's a, what's a danger for yeah. that in that certain situation? Well, I think one of the opportunities that's lost is their, is their ownership, their investment in, in their church. And so it's sort of, it's not uh, ministry related, but uh, I was here listening to a podcast, a design podcast, and uh, there's an architectural firm that was tasked with rebuilding this whole city that had been decimated by an earthquake in South America. And what they did was uh, they actually would they actually built half a house for each each family. Uh, it was it was totally done. They 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 did the very uh, basics that was there, and they were criticized for it. But their reasoning was. Um, it actually fostered an ownership. And, and when you go back to these areas, the different families they were caring for, they had the opportunity. They, so they had all the services hooked up. They had the concrete pad and they had half of a house with the opportunity to expand depending on what the family would need. But it would take them investing in their own home. And they found that they, they cared more for that home and the community was developing because it, 
it forces, as I fostered is a better word, them to help each other out to build. And then an actual community was being built in the same way. I think if we just come and plunk down a church and say, there you go, it's, it's not connected to, you know, part of the joy of being the church is investing our skills and abilities and actually giving. There's an opportunity there for them to grow in their trust by giving to the Lord, giving to this project. Yeah. And I think mm. some of that, we if we just throw money at something, we're forgetting that There's whole There's a level part. of codependence that can take place, right? That the people yeah. end up depending too much on the church where you are mm-hmm. uh, in North America. So there there needs to be balances put in place and checks put in place so that they, yeah, like you said, are investing in their own in their own work, um, so there's one there's one example of a danger mm-hmm. that because uh, because I think it is the case that some people, when they hear someone uh, questioning, hey, maybe we shouldn't give it there, uh, that what they hear is, oh, you're just one of those people who wants to hoard your wealth. That that's not true. Right. It's not necessarily true. You can have discernment and wisdom, and ought to yeah, have discernment and wisdom along with your commitment to be radically generous. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are not. You, you know, mm-hmm. th- th- those are the, you can do both at the same time. Paul, yeah, yeah. what other j- dangers are there in the teaching about money and possessions? Ways that you can go wrong. Uh, well, I think when we teach about it here, uh, maybe I mean this is probably the. I mean, it is. It's our sinful nature uh, wanting to express itself, our desires of our hearts wanting to come out um, and make a law out of it mm. and make a make a law like that says, OK, well, you know, well, I already give 10 percent. Right. Or or maybe it's 5 percent or whatever, whatever your percentage is. And you're like, well, I already I already give that percent. And uh, that's what the Old Testament says. I have to give a tithe. And so I'm giving my 10 percent and I'm, I'm that's good enough. And this this idea of radical generosity, though. When we talk about it, people want to put like a number. They want to put a limit on it, and they don't really get this idea of of what it means to be radically generous. To have a, a heart that wants to. Zacchaeus gave fifty percent, by the way. Right. right yeah. <laughs> right. The, the rich so, ruler was asking. So the rich 100. ruler. Yeah. Jesus goes and sees the rich ruler mm-hmm. and says, "Yeah, sell it all." Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. He walks away and uh, and he he keeps everything and he just. Wanders away sad, but then Zacchaeus, right? Jesus goes to him. Jesus doesn't even ask him to give anything. Mm -hmm. He just says out of his joy Mm -hmm. of receiving Jesus into his home, just out of his joy, just says, I'm giving. Yeah. Like, and you can see that transformation of heart. And if you continue on down the path, so Luke writes both these stories uh, at the end of Luke, uh, you get the story of the widow's might where Jesus commends this woman in Luke 21 for giving all she had. So clearly that kind of radical gen- generosity to give give out of, just give to even when it hurts is something mm-hmm. that Jesus values. But you get in the New Testament or in the, the book of Acts, which is written by Luke as well, you get more positive examples. Barnabas, for example, goes and sells a piece of property at one point and he brings the proceeds to the apostles, lays them in at their feet and says, listen, I want you to use this, this for... The, for the needs of the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. So here's a, here's a positive example of a guy who's been touched by the grace of God, and it's transforming his commitment to the community of faith that he's a part of, right, and those in need. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, though, you have just little snippets of, of things. For example, uh, uh, you, you have uh, the church meeting in homes, which in that day would have been Wealth is, I mean, what, there would be wealthy people. That's how yeah. you own a big house that mm-hmm. houses that many people. And you, what you don't find is a, any any um, description of those people who own those homes 
being told that they can't have them, mm-hmm. uh, that they're not doing well with them. In fact, you go back to Luke chapter 8, you, what you find is that Jesus' ministry is being described there, because Jesus didn't have a job, right? I mean, he didn't get, he wasn't paid to do this particular work. So you have to ask, well, how did he eat? And, and and things. He, mm-hmm. Well, he just he just made bread and fish. He multiplied and like, everything. You know, <laughs> but no, actually, he had. A, there are a few ladies who traveled along with them who were wealthy, and they paid the bills. So here's mm-hmm. here's some women who are being radically generous and supporting the ministry of Jesus, and they are examples of how great that that in Luke eight. That's what they're being held up as mm-hmm. wonderful examples of how people ought to use their money well. Mm-hmm. So. I, um, my point here is that you notice how different it is in lots of different situations, right? Right. That you can use your stuff and your money. You don't need to be Zacchaeus in the sense that you give half or the rich ruler who gives all or the widow's might who gives. Like all of these people are supposed to prompt you, though, to think, how, what would it look like for me to be radically generous in my situation? Mm-hmm. So there's no, in the New Testament, law that mm-hmm. is established saying, well, this is the right percentage and this is the wrong percentage. But every one of us wants to have that for ourselves. But I'll add one piece and then have you guys talk about it. We probably want to establish that more for everyone else. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's that to me is the chief danger in all this is that at the, all of a sudden I'm looking over at Andy and I'm thinking, you know, Andy, that's a nice shirt. I'm sure you could have gotten that shirt cheaper somewhere else. Couldn't you? Do you not love Jesus? Seriously, you, do, you don't love Jesus because you bought an expensive shirt. So apply this to your car, your home, your life. Oh, well, I, you know, I would never take a trip to Hawaii right. because that's just wasteful. There's always the, it's always the comparison. It's always in relation to. I think we come out hearing a sermon, reading a passage. We're automatically, uh, almost uh, subconsciously doing uh, sort of calculations or evaluations, right, based on mm-hmm. the people that we know, based on the decisions they've made with their money. And either, either like you say, maybe it's because we're, we want to condemn them or because we want to justify ourselves right. and say that, well, I didn't do that, so, so I'm in the clear because uh, that's why I feel good. Rather than, uh, so again, we're talking legalism, rather than what is, uh, what's the weight of my heart? What am I, what am I feeling led to as I'm... And I think that's what we're getting to. It always comes down to to the heart because in certain situations for every person, God, the, the calling, the sense, the, the conviction may be different. And that seems to be just the way it, it always is, that, that God is um, calling people to certain things, giving people more for the reason of being able to give, perhaps, or giving people and saying, you know, you don't yet know what this is going to be used for. Mm. Uh, but the key isn't that you calculate or compare. The key is that you get close to me, come close to me. Mm. And then I think some of that giving will be made clear. But we we like the checklist well, better. Well, you've got to run away from this legalism. You absolutely yeah. do. Because uh, honestly, the new you, the old legalism was about dancing and playing cards. Mm. And the new legalism is a lot around money. Mm. It, it really is. It's about, you know, how much are you spending on this or that? And I wouldn't do it that way. And clearly, because I wouldn't do it that way, God really does like me better. At least Which, I'm obeying him better than you. And the truth is, you're in a realm now, again, because there is no law regarding what you should and shouldn't own, right? You're in a realm now where you're just creating extra biblical laws and you're placing them on other people. That is completely pharisaical. Hmm. Uh, by the way, I should let people know that Jeff was just joking about my shirt. 
I'm not, actually not wearing one. That, but, <laughs> you know, I, I actually find myself, though, doing this all the time. With particularly... Not wearing like, shirts? Yeah. <laughs> That's, I don't want it. It's a whole other podcast. It's a whole other podcast. It's a whole other podcast. Screeching yeah. halt right there. I have, yeah. a, I have a friend. <laughs> I have so, you, you have these friends that are wealthy, right? Huh? And I constantly find myself... Well, you know, because rel- wealth is always relative, right? You yeah. Because I'm sure I got people who look at Some me... Some of your friends think you're wealthy, yeah, Andy. Right. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? But So I got my friends that I see as wealthy, and I think, man, those jerks. They, you know, and, and I'm constantly wanting to rain down condemnation in my mind on the way that they spend their money, mm-hmm. right? Because clearly they're not doing it right. And if I had that money, clearly I would do it the right way. Right. Mm-hmm. Clearly. So I... W- what Since I'm trying to say is that no you, shirt, you need you need to you need to avoid. We all need to avoid uh, making laws where there are no laws in Scripture, and letting people have certain freedoms. Some people are going to be some people are going to have more than some others. Let them sort out for themselves what this looks like in their life, and mm. and you sort it out for you because this isn't about your neighbor. It's about it's about you. Before, that, before God, isn't that the challenge? We often hear Jesus. We read a Bible, and and we're always we're always identifying with the good guy in the story, and and it's this constant reminder that you're not the good guy in the story. Well, often, yeah, yeah, yeah often yeah. Jesus is telling us because he wants to see you change the way you're in this case spending your money. Whereas we always want to put it off on, oh, this is about that guy. It's all, it's about Matt. It's not about me. It's about me. Are there other dangers? Well, first of all, I want to. So if that's if that's true, it is true. Then how do we get to that place? I mean, it sounds like we're assuming or we're thinking that the questions we're asking coming out of this teaching is, okay, what's what's the level or what's the point where I feel in relation to everyone else, I feel justified. But that's the wrong question. We're saying that's the wrong question. So what's the right question in terms of as we're coming out of this that we should be either asking ourselves or or maybe like in community groups in because there is a there is a. Uh, you know, in our sanctification, we do, we're supposed to speak into each other's lives. So there may be a, a at the right time, uh, but the right question is, is what? I, I th- well, I think the right, one of the right questions is, is given my certain, my circumstance at the present time, mm-hmm. um, giving the requirements God's placed on me to care for my family, uh, given, uh, you know, reasonable cost of living, all that sort of thing. Some people have more debt load, that sort of thing. Right. Um, am I giving to a point where I need to trust God to provide it mm-hmm. and where it I end up praying, give me this day my daily bread? Mm. Like, am I, am I giving? That's what I think I mean by radical generosity. Mm. I don't know what that line is, though, yeah. for you. No. And I have no, I have no idea. And quite honestly, I'm going to preface all that by saying, when I consider the grace of God and what he's done for me, mm-hmm. like... How does that affect my money? Mm-hmm. And practically speaking, I think this is a conversation you need to have with your spouse. If you're single, I think you need to have this conversation maybe in a community of other friends. To be honest, we don't talk about money very much. Yeah. Say, look, here's here's what I plan on doing or am doing. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Help, help me think this through. Uh, it, do, you, do you think this is a reasonable amount? Does this place me? And there should be a tension in your heart. Honestly, if you're yeah. giving to a point where it's a little bit stretching, mm-hmm. th- honestly, that is, you should just hug that tension mm. and say, yep, I'm right in the, I'm right, I think, in the in the river now. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for people, like for, for some people, this is going to be a really, it's going to be a small percentage. But for some people, it's going to be a, a big 
percentage to create that kind of attention, right? Yeah, yeah I think that, yeah, I'd add one more danger to yeah. this. One of the yeah. dangers is that if, if you have more, uh, you tend to you tend to think ten percent is is right, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to push a little bit and say actually if you have more, uh, you the Lord expects more of you, He mm-hmm. does, and I I say that broadly to all of us. I, the Lord is expecting more of North American Christians when it comes to this than He is Guatemalans mm-hmm. Christians yep. or the Thai Christians who I, who I know. Mm. Um, I, he expects a lot of us. So if if the Lord has blessed you with a lot, He expects a lot with that. Okay. A five talent dude mm-hmm. yeah. is what you are. So you, you better be thinking about doubling the mm-hmm. five talents mm-hmm. for the Lord's sake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, when we think about like the stats that you shared in the sermon, and when I preached Sunday night, I shared the same ones about the amount of money that it would take to solve serious world hunger. So to stop mm-hmm. people from starving to death is what? 24 billion. Yeah. Is that what it was? That's a high number these days. There are some reports Recently, That's Steve Weems, our executive pastor, I got him onto this, and he's yeah. very interested in this and statistics. And he, the, the most recent estimates are closer to fifteen wow. billion dollars a year. Right. So, I mean, if you had fifteen fifteen billion dollars a year, and if Christians gave ten percent, if every Christian in North in America it was just right? the U.S. yeah gave ten percent, yeah. It would be $130 billion more. Yeah, 133, yep. $133 billion more than what we currently than what have. is currently given. Yeah. Like the, these mm-hmm. numbers are, these numbers should be shocking. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of people in the, in the congregation Saturday night when I was there, I mean, they were shocked, mm-hmm. which is good. But like you said, let's not just leave this as a thing of, that we talk about, but let's actually get some so, action. So. so there's a danger. Yeah. The danger is that you, you and I tried to press this, I think, on people at the end of my sermon, that my sermon this weekend, trying to say, look, the temptation here is to think that you've done your due diligence because you've talked about it all mm. the time. Yeah. And, and this, this is the kind of subject that prompts dialogue. It will after the sermon. You might get mad at me for preaching a thing, or you might mm-hmm. get frustrated, and I don't know if that's the right way, and what about this? And you probably would have brought up some of the dangers we're bringing up here. And those would all be the right things to say. We could dot the I's and cross the T's and have conferences about it and write books and read the books and read, you know, report on the books we've read and written. Mm. But at the end of the day, uh, James calls us to be doers of the word right, <laughs> and, and not, not hearers only. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that there, there are no changes that take place in the life of a person after you spend five, six weeks talking about this in church. People just nod and say, uh-huh, uh-huh. That nobody, you don't actually stop and reflect on it and think, okay, either, either I'm going to change the amount I give, right? Or, or I'm going to be affirmed in what I'm already doing and feel like I've come out the other end of this thinking, yeah, oh yeah, okay, this is about right. Mm-hmm. But there's a call to action regardless. I call that actually right. And doing I think something. isn't that what Luke is showing us with these the contrast of these mm-hmm. two gentlemen and that this whole scene the of, rich ruler and of we Zacchaeus. see the fruit of Zacchaeus's love for Christ and the grace of God on his life is and God's generosity towards him is leading mm-hmm. him to be incredibly generous mm-hmm. outwardly, mm-hmm. and the generosity of God towards the rich man. He rejects it mm-hmm. and says, I'm keeping my stuff. Right. 
And I think that's something that we we might uh, miss is is the joy of like the the internal benefit of all of this isn't. I mean, there's external. We want to help. We want to. Mm-hmm. We can see that. But uh, like I think we talked about last time in last podcast. But there's there's a greater joy for the one doing the giving, and and not only that of of being Christ-like, of of imaging God, of saying this is giving glory to God, like that. Um, is able to happen when you are responding to the work of God in your life and and doing it in a way that um, if you're if you're giving in a meager way you you are not going to be able to enjoy that you're not gonna, like the growth in faith right. all of those mm-hmm. things and so that's I think we're you know we're coming to that in this uh, sermon coming up investing in what's really valuable in terms right. of the the eternal perspective and for our own selves in our pursuit of Christ and wanting to grow. There's nothing, there are few things that will do that as much as actually giving in this way. Mm-hmm. And it's a joy. I'll give one more danger. Yep. Uh, well, <laughs> many as I can. Um, I think that in, in this discussion, the more you get talking about money and possessions, the more and more uh, you talk about it, the more and more, uh, the closer to asceticism you start w- uh, claiming is right. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you start thinking to yourself that the, oh, the good life is actually had in the denial of all the material good, material good things around me. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason we began this series in in Proverbs thirty is to try to show that poverty stinks, mm-hmm. right? It's not a good thing. And we're ending it with First Timothy chapter six, mm-hmm. and which is has one of the most beautifully blatant statements in the entire Bible about this. It says, "No, God gave you all these things that you might enjoy them." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is so non-ascetic, it's it it is it isn't. So in other words, you like your bike, great. You know, you buy buy a bike and you like it, and it's got the right stuff on it that you that is gonna you're gonna use it, and you're gonna not hold hold on to it, but, but share it with somebody you might want it, use it, enjoy it. Like you just have a smile on your face while you're riding the thing, thanking God for what it is that you've gotten, or the house, or the carpet, or the roof, or the car, like. It's funny though you all say all these things. They're they're not bad things, but the temptation as you go through this is to not think that way. So there's mm-hmm. a tension that Paul's calling you to. Look, it, you you should enjoy what it is the Lord's giving, but also be really rich in good works, mm-hmm. like really looking at opportunities to be radically generous with other people. You can do both. Not either either or. And generous generosity can look different in different ways. Like I've seen people who make their car available to the church or to missionaries or make their home available. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my wife and I, one of the things that we constantly think about is uh, we host a community group with young adults at our house. And our our uh, carpet is has, has taken a real beating over the years. And, and one day we're going to have to replace it. But for us, it's like, no, no, no. Thank you, God, for the carpet. Thank you, God, for the house. And we're going to use this. As, as, as ministry, and, and that's a good thing. And when you buy new carpet, I hope you buy a carpet you like. And I hope when you, when you run your toes through your carpet, there's a joy that comes to you for living in a material world that God made where, where people who he made in his image have constructed such a cool thing as, as comfy toe as a, jingling a, carpet. A loom. Right. Is, that, is that what they make it on? But, a loom? You, but you know what I mean? Like there is a... You, you thank God for well-made, a well-made thing, and you rejoice, you rejoice in it. At the same time, knowing that, you know what, it also has, it's a danger. John Piper, at one point in a sermon I heard him preach, actually, years ago in Seattle, he, he's talked about his leather couch and how much he loves his leather couch. 
Mm-hmm. And he said it's the most dangerous thing he owns. <laughs> he said because he loves it so much that he finds himself wanting more leather couches. And when he sits in this leather couch, he's not sure if his heart, if, if it's preparing him to follow Christ with more vigor. <laughs> he just wants to sit there. Oh, man. So he's, he's having, having this like existential crisis over his leather couch while he's sitting in it. But like I listened to that, and I thought, yeah, but brother, that's, ex- that's exactly the challenge. Mm-hmm. Right? On the one hand, that seems to be what the scriptures teach. Yes, you should be delighting in the leather couch. What a great world you live in that they have leather and you can sit on it and it squishes around you. And yet at the same time, be totally cognizant that, man, this thing could drag my heart away. Mm. Well, All even, this stuff, I could start thinking I need more and more and more and more of this to be happy. Well, and not even just that, not even just more of them, but this one, and it needs to stay in pristine condition. Right. And so I've mm-hmm. got to put the blanket or the you know the plastic over the plastic. you know over the couch because God forbid somebody could sit on it yeah. you know and it's gonna wear or whatever it might be right, right. like mm-hmm. enjoy the things that God's given you right. and realize that they're only for a time right mm-hmm. yeah and right this this is one of the big dangers though I think is that again that the, the, you can see why it is that the early church was drawn toward asceticism. Why it is that they abandoned material things because they were like, oh, geez, the Bible, tell your possessions, give it to the poor. Hmm? And why it is that you know, the Roman Catholic Church for years had their priests take vows of poverty. Even to this day, do they still do that? I haven't. I don't know. You're Greek. You well, should Greek know Orthodox, that. Okay, maybe we should. Greek Orthodox well, is different than Orthodox? Catholicism. Oh. But you, sure? We could, you sure they're different? I, they're, yep. We have a different... Symbol and <laughs> you were eating some yogurt this morning, was that that's Greek right. style? That was a Greek, that was Mediterranean style. I'm glad you nice. brought that up. It gives me yeah. a chance to highlight Liberté yogurt. That is the, the, the best sponsor yogurt. this week. That's Liberté? right, sponsor Liberté. Well, or if, if Liberté yogurt wants Liberté to sponsor yogurt. our podcast, yeah. I'm just gonna come out and say it. we're cool with that. Yeah, yeah, we will accept we the will cases. Ex- we will ex- accept right. Liberté's generosity. That's right. Have you guys ever had the realization yeah. that sour cream and yogurt are pretty much the same thing? Plain, um, plain no. yogurt Andy, and sour no. cream. Yeah. I think the yogurt you're eating might be past yeah. due. No, and I'm telling no, you right. right now, if you've ever had Greek yogurt, it is yeah. so thick, mm. yeah. it might as well be sour That's right. cream. That's right. It's like, like, the, it's like the hair on our heads <laughs> or, or our backs. It's For some oh. of us, Matt. That's Sorry, just Andy's back. We just saw it because his you know shirt what, was that too far? I didn't know where the line was on the podcast. <laughs> you found it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, back here was it. So... Um, yeah, we don't know when Jeff has his shirt off. Actually, <laughs> one more one more question that came in regarding this series. Uh, he's a he's an owner of a couple of local businesses, and so he he is wondering. He's like, okay, you, I'm really enjoying the series, and uh, it's challenging me in the way I give and things like this. But what about spending locally in order to support local owners who can then give generously? Like, shouldn't we be encouraging people? In their spending in this way, in order to sure, but I help. So he's talking kind of an economic yeah, I'm question. Not, I'm not going to argue. All this. I'm not going to argue for this on a and say that this is a biblical mandate. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, like it's hard. This is one of those areas again of Christian freedom that, just so you know, is is very wise. Mm-hmm. Right to spend and buy locally is wise. It drives the local economy. It puts your friends and neighbors into yeah. in work. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of benefits to it. But if you decide to get stuff on Amazon. It's you're not sinning against God, right? Okay, mm-hmm. right. Um, I want to be careful of that because there are sometimes some social justice folks who will walk along and they'll start connecting the dots. Is what I mean by like the legalism that comes into this. Mm-hmm. They'll start to, connecting the dots. That basically, if you go 
into Vancouver and you buy something, well, that you could have bought in Abbotsford, like a car, uh, and paid you know another five thousand dollars in that in Abbotsford, but you got it cheaper in Vancouver. Um, you just sinned against the holy God because He wants you to buy mm. at the local car shop who's overcharging you. Mm. Like I no, but that's yeah, there's not, no law. But that's that. not a law in the Bible. But or is anywhere. it wise? Does you yeah. see the difference? Is totally. it wise? Yeah, yes, absolutely, it's wise because it it there's a lot of economic benefits to it. It reminds me of fair yeah. trade and different things like that, right? Right, which is great. You good know, stuff, but you got to think about it. Right, and there's some fair trade things that are better than others, and all that yep. sort of thing. But again, you're not sinning. Some people are going to freak out. I don't love. I really don't like Walmart. I was in there the other day, and I did love. Mm-hmm. But I, you're not sinning by shopping at Walmart, and yet mm-hmm. some people will freak out about it. Uh, does Walmart's do Walmart's business practices though reflect what the scriptures would call them to? Yeah, probably not at places, and they should be called to account mm-hmm. on those grounds. And so, if you yep. decide that you don't want to shop at Walmart because of the way that they treat some of their workers in Asia, although that there's the, there's debate. Just so you know, if you yeah. if you're if you're in China and you talk to some people, like some, in some villages, like Walmart's a good job, like making some of the Walmart stuff is is providing for entire families. And so if they don't make it, that entire family is out mm-hmm. of work. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that we should justify the low prices that you see? And this gets really yeah. into. Detail, yeah. but you again, get into all of this stuff with world economics and, and right, global. I mean, it's it gets complicated. But my and fear tough. in all of it is yeah. the complication of all of it of, of economics and how all this works ends up becoming a cop out for us to say, well, yeah. well, you know what, I'm just going to do what I want, hmm. and I'm meaning that I'm just going to spend whatever I want on on me, wherever I want to spend mm-hmm. it, and I'm right. just you know, it's just too complicated to worry about all that stuff. You know what? No, it's not. Everything. There's also that jaded everything's corrupt anyway so it doesn't you know i might as well just do what i want to do even if i give it somewhere then who knows where it's but i think that's a copy you know, this is another aspect of this discussion that probably should be mm-hmm. added here uh and it, you know i do recognize there are four pastors sitting in a room talking uh so when i ask the question the answer <laughs> is obvious but um like where where should people be giving because we're doing this in a local oh, church, buddy. and the, the yeah. cynical people in the church will be sitting there <clears throat> thinking to themselves, "You're just doing this so that you can, you know, pad the, pad the 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 right. bank account of the local church and mm-hmm. go and spend more money on whatever it is that I don't like you spending money on." Mm-hmm. I, I got I got an answer for you, man. One of the, one of my pet peeves is when you're giving, and this gets back to this idea of giving wisely. Uh, give give to what is you know holistic wise giving. So I think about Compassion International, for example, you want to help, you know, children in poverty. Well, man, do they got a great way of doing that? Education, food, the gospel. Through a local church. Through a local church. I mm-hmm. mean, does it get any wiser than that? That's why I love Compassion. Uh, like, And I, I give to Compassion, and I want to support that. I think at other places, though, they'll feed some kids, mm-hmm. but they're not sharing the gospel with them. Or, you know, or maybe they they got an education mm-hmm. program, but they're not it's not through a local church or anything like that, like yeah. that there's, or they're not buying There's so many different aspects about it. Organizations like compassion to me, man, do they hit the mark, even the amount that they're spending on advertising and whatever, you know, how they're using your money. Great yeah, organization. We, I've thought about in my sermons addressing at points, this just in passing or a little comments here, or there, saying to people, I don't, I'm not just talking about what, 
you give to the local church. In fact, I don't care what you get. I made one comment in a sermon to that effect, and I, I mean I mean that. It doesn't matter to me what you give to North. Like I've said before, God's going to take care of his church, right? Mm-hmm. His bride's fine. Mm. I, I, I will say this, though. Part of the reason I haven't said that <clears throat> too much is because I don't want people to think the opposite, mm-hmm. that you don't have a responsibility to give to the local church because um, you do. The, the right. local church is what God's doing in the world. The local church is the apple of his eye. Uh, absolutely what the Lord is doing. And do local churches spend the money as wisely as they ought? No, not all the time. I'm, I've been in leadership. But are there factors about which you know nothing, right, regarding how they spend the money? Yes. I'll give you mm-hmm. a quick example. We were told a number of years ago we had pews in our service. We used to have pews here, and they told it. We got emails from people. We got rid of our pews saying we should send these to Africa. We had people getting really mad at us because we decided not to send the pews to Africa. Do you know how much money it costs to spend, send the pews <clears throat> to Africa? Did someone find out? Did someone? <laughs> like, it's unbelievable the amount of shipping costs that would cost. You know what would be better mm. is to actually just let the Africans build pews with some of the money that you got for the pews that you sold to the camp, which is what largely what we ended up doing with that sort of money. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are lots of issues like this. I've had people criticize, oh, you have video screens in your hallways. You know, that's such a waste of money. Do you realize that having the video screens in the hallways of our church makes it so that we don't have to expand our seating capacity. Do you mm-hmm. know how much money it will cost for us to expand seating capacity and put in a balcony or something like that? Millions of dollars. And I can get, you know, a bunch of people watching a video screen, maybe 10 people. That's 10 more chairs. How much that cost? Like 500 bucks? Mm-hmm. That's a good deal. On those bleachers on the west side, there's like 30 people I there. I know, but <laughs> my, dude. my point, my point <laughs> here is that there's it oftentimes it more complicated point. and the church is, if it's being run biblically in the sense that it has a, it has a plurality of elders. You can be confident that even if you don't totally agree with every time that they spend money on this or that, it is going through a grid of a bunch of brothers and sisters in Christ who are thinking a lot about these issues and, and share your convictions, mm-hmm. right? But what some people do is, well, I know better, so I'm not going to give to the local church, and they're corrupt or they're whatever. I'll tell you, Jesus commended the widow for giving the might to a, a far more corrupt temple system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Than the local church is, so I'm 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 telling you that I think that I think that Jesus believes that the local church is a place you should be giving your money, and but yeah. it's well, not the only place. No, but it does. It is an indication of your heart. If if you if the church is not a place but a group of people, then then part of our worship, part of our response to God as the church is is to give and and if you're there on a Sunday, you're you're receiving from, you're sitting with the lights mm-hmm. on with yeah. uh, all the things you're benefiting. And, and if you're there, hopefully your heart is there, which means you believe in the mission of the, ch- I mean, that's really, I think the issue, yeah. if you don't believe in the mission of the church or have confidence in the leadership, that's, that's mm-hmm. maybe a separate, maybe you shouldn't be part of that church, yeah. but if you're here mm-hmm. and you believe that, then, then that's also where your, your heart is, your money will be. And so I Amen. think that, that, um, sort of difference is people come to that point Easily, but I think it's more an issue of not understanding what it means to be the church, and maybe an issue of the heart of whether I really, really believe and love what's going on in this my particular local church. Mm-hmm. Then your money should be there too. Good. All right, that was about it for today. Uh, thanks again for listening, and uh, we will see you on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs>